0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Would you stand up for just a moment because you've been sitting for a while. let you stand up for just a moment? And today, we're going to continue in the series that we're in. It's called A Future and a Hope. In fact, A a Future and a Hope is our theme for the coming year. And uh, I love this theme because uh, we need a future and we need hope every time that we get together. So the Bible says this, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We talked about that last Sunday. So during the month of January, we're going to stay in this theme uh, all the way through to the end of January with one Sunday as an exception. Um, so today my message is going to be called No Looking Back. And then we'll get to that in just a couple of moments. And then next Sunday, January 16th, is MLK weekend. And we'll be having a very special guest named Walter Harvey. He's never been here before. and uh, But he's the uh, newly appointed... Uh, 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 he has a new ministry called the National Black Fellowship. But he's also the Assemblies of God... Uh, United States wide, the General Counsel of the Assembly of God. Um, he's uh, in, in, in charge of um, diversity and he's in charge of ethnicity in our fellowship, and he'll be with us. A great person. In fact, he's also Pastor Markell's pastor as he was growing up. So we'll be able to make a good connection there as well. Uh, on Sunday, January 23rd, we have a five Sunday month going on here. We'll, be, we'll resume our series, and my message will be called Holding On to Hope especially when you feel like letting go or giving up. That'll be holding on to hope. Then the final Sunday, January 30th, my message will be the reward of hope. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. In other words, when, we are, when hope is deferred in our lives, it just makes us, it drags us down. There's a lot of that going on in the United States right now. So if hope deferred makes the heart sick, what is the reward of hope? We'll talk about that on the last Sunday of this month. But today's message is no looking back. Everyone say it with me this morning, no looking back. And and Isaiah the prophet says this, and he writes this, remember not the former things, in fact, this is the Lord speaking though. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It springs forth, shall you not perceive it? In other words, God wants us to perceive that a new thing is springing forward. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, God has good things for us ahead, no matter what things look like in the present. God has a better future awaiting us, He does. And you've got to believe in that. Through all the trials that Israel went through, God is a God who delivers us from these trials that we go through, and He's got better days ahead. Hallelujah. So he, that's why he took Egypt. He, from when he took Israel out of Egypt and he said, I'm going to bring you to a land of just plenty, a land that flows with milk and honey. And so God has a good plan for his people. I often say to our ministry team, especially after 22 months of being in this COVID and it's going on two years, but I, I say let's not lament the past or mourn for the past. Instead, let's look to the future for what God has for us. It's almost like we're starting over as a church and as a church family, but in other words, we don't hold on. Don't live your life just living in the rearview mirror because that's not gonna get you anywhere. Let's look ahead because God says, I'm gonna do a new thing if you'll just perceive it in the name of Jesus. So that's the word of the Lord today, and we'll get into it here in just a moment. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us be here as a family of God right here on campus and right there online. God, I just pray that you'd speak to our heartstring during these next few moments and help us to become more like you. Help us to understand your love for us and help us to understand your plan and your future for us in even a clearer way. And I pray it in your holy name, the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. 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 Say with me, this is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand on the Word of God. Whatever the Word of God says I am, whatever the Word of God says I have, whatever the Word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. You may be seated. You might be wondering where your notes are today. Well, your notes are right in your Bible, and I want to just ask you to turn your Bible to Isaiah 43, all right? Isaiah is such a big book that if you open, you know, if you close your eyes and just kind of open your Bible, you almost come up to Isaiah. But um, anyway, it's uh, Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 43, there is tucked this little verse that we take out like we did last week with uh, with uh, the verse from Jeremiah. It's just a, a hope-filled verse. It, it stands on its own, but you really, to understand it, you need to have context, all right? So the, the word of God says this, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. In other words, don't look back. I'm going to do a new thing. So now Isaiah, this, this particular verse is filled with so much hope because it speaks to what we were speaking to last week. God's people were being held in Babylon, about 20,000 of them were, all right? Not all of them, but about 20,000 of them from from Jerusalem and Judea, they were taken captive because they'd rebelled against God, they'd um, uh, turned to other idols, they were speaking false prophecies, and God put a hold on all of that, and he said, I'm gonna send you over to Babylon for 70 years, and then after 70 years, you'll be able to come out. We're getting to the point now to where The people are getting ready to come out. God is going back to Babylon and he's bringing his people out and returning them to Jerusalem. And right then, they're gonna be having the building of the temple and all these other things going on. But anyway, he's getting ready to bring them out of Babylon into Jerusalem. Now, here's what I want you to see on the timeline of God, all right? God's timeline with Israel, his people, all right? Uh, If you remember Moses and Moses coming out of Egypt, right? And the people are delivered out of Egypt, let my people go, the ten plagues and all that, and they cross the Red Sea. That took place on the timeline of history at about 1440 B.C. Everyone say with me, 1440 B.C., long time ago. But then about 800 years this way, around 6th century B.C., is when God's people were in Babylon. So they, it, it was like 586 B.C. if you want to get really close to it. And then they were going to be delivered out of Babylon. So 1440 B.C. Is Moses and the children of Israel, they go through all these things. God then sends over, you know, exiles about 20,000 people over to Babylon for 70 years. And they were just languishing in Babylon. And they wanted to get home. They wanted to just, they are tired of being there. They wanted to get home. They went through their, their time away, they, you know, they got things right with God, I believe, and then they, they're coming back. So that was in about the 6th century B.C. So Babylon is a real place, it exists, but it was destroyed, alright? But if you want to know where Babylon is, Babylon is located about 55 miles south of Baghdad in Iraq, alright? That seems to make perfect sense to me, you know, that Babylon would be you know, in a place that there's a lot of turmoil over there. Babylon is 55 miles south of of Baghdad in Iraq. So God is getting ready to deliver his people again from Babylon. He sent them to Babylon because of their sins, but now he's getting ready to redeem them and bring them back. How many glad that God still has patience with us? He's not willing that any should should perish, but all should come to repentance. How many glad that works, how many glad that God works with us and has compassion on us even when we get it wrong? How many of you have ever gotten it wrong in life? Usually it only happens to me a couple of times a week. And so I, I go like, God, man, I got that wrong. And then I have to confess. And then God says, okay, you, you did the right thing. If you confess your sins, God is faithful. He'll forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We serve a God that doesn't want you to perish. As long as you turn back to him, he'll lift you up. Hallelujah. And keep you walking forward. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 43 now. And I need you to track with me because this verse that we just read. I know the plans for you. It's eighteen verses into this. This uh, he says. He says, "Don't remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm going to do new thing." That's eighteen verses into this. But I want to give you context right now, so it'll mean so much more to you. So we'll start with verse one. Your, cha- your, your Isaiah 43 will be your notes this morning after we share this message you'll be able to go back to it and preach it better than I did alright so just so you know Uh, verse 1 but now this is what the Lord says say with me the Lord he who created you Jacob he who formed you Israel and when we say Jacob and Israel it means the same thing so don't let that confuse you Jacob and Israel are interchangeable your name is Jacob you shall be called Israel alright so when you see Jacob and Israel they're they're the same thing uh, him that created you, Jacob, and who formed you, Israel, do not fear, I've redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. First big thing here is don't fear. Say with me this morning, don't fear. Aren't you glad that God is saying to us in the day that we live in, don't fear? And then he says, I have redeemed you. How many of you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? And that's, let me ask you a question this morning again. How many of you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? He says, I've redeemed you and I've summoned you by name. So God has redeemed you, but he's also summoned you by name. We serve a big God, the God of the universe. Heaven is his throne, the earth is his footstool, and yet this big God knows your name. Can I get a witness? How many of you know you can have a personal conversation and a personal prayer with God this afternoon Well, a million other people are doing the same thing. But he knows your name. Hallelujah. When you pass, he didn't say if you pass through the waters. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And this is a reference. I want you to see these things right here. When he's talking about the waters, he's talking about the Red Sea and the Red Sea crossing. Remember that one? And when he's talking about going through the rivers, he's talking about the Jordan River and how the Jordan River was pulled apart. And when he's talking about the fire, he's talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They got thrown in there in Babylon. They got thrown into the fiery furnace and and they thought they were going to burn them alive, but a fourth man came into that fire and his name was Jesus. And he delivered them from the fire. Hallelujah. But he didn't say if you go through the water or the rivers or the fires he says when you go through it i just want to tell you here this morning everybody it's not if you have problems it's when you have problems but god is going to be with you anyway can i get a say, amen why do your why does your car have shock absorbers because you, you you know you're going to need shock absorbers on the roads that you drive on and god says this you're going to need grace and you're going to need help in the life that we're going to live it's not always easy it's not always a cakewalk but i'm going to be with you So he says this, for I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, verse three, I give Egypt for your ransom and Cush and Seba in your stead. Now that gets all get wordy for you when you're reading the Bible sometimes. But God is saying this, I am no one else. I'm the Holy God of Israel. He says, I am the one. A lot of people think that all rivers lead to the ocean. And then, in other words, whatever you believe in is going to be good enough to get you there. I talked to somebody just the other uh, week at a coffee shop it was a he was a sikh hinduist he was a, and so he Believed in the Sikh religion, which is a Hinduism and mixed with Christianity and whatever else. In other words, hey, the more gods, the better. He was telling me that we believe in Christ too. He's a great teacher. And he's just one of, he's one of the group that we believe in. I said, no, he can't be one of the group you, leave, you believe in. He has to be the son of God not just a good teacher, but the Son of God. There is no name given among men whereby we must be saved, but it's the name Christ Jesus. Man, did we ever have a good conversation? Because I pulled no stops with him because, he, you know, <laughs> <Come on. sighs> this was whack, the guy that I talked with. <laughs> I didn't share this in the first service, but anyway, he's telling me about his, his life, and his life is just like, an, he, he's like a counselor and he's like a trained counselor and he just got kicked out of his house for going to uh, bars where uh, people dance in front of you his wife didn't seem to like that (laughs) and now he's trying to share faith with me about how my life can improve you know what I'm saying I'm going like I don't need help it looks like you need help You're mixed up with a bunch of gods with little G's and you need the God with a big G who is the only God. And God says this, I'm the only God. (laughs) Have you ever met met with anyone in these days that we live in that they're just whacked up by the devil? It's not just me, is it? I mean, I run them to every good grief. You need God in your life. Don't try to share your religion with me right now. You need God. You need a major overhaul. But um, he says, I am the Lord your God. Don't confuse me with any other. God says this. And then he says this, look at this. God reminded Israel. Now, he says, I gave Egypt for your ransom and Cush and Seba for your stead. God was saying to his people, Israel, he was saying, I was willing, Egypt was a land that was more powerful, a government that was more powerful, more prosperous than, than the Israelites were. But he said, I traded Egypt out for you and Sheba and Cush. In other words, I gave nations for you. And look at verse 4, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, say with me, I love you, God loves you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Let me just tell you what, God is a God who exchanged nations for his people, hallelujah. And then he said this, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I want you to say it again, say it with me this morning, this is God talking to us, but let's repeat his words, say it with me, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Okay, I know you hate doing this, but turn to your neighbor and say, do not be afraid, for God is with you. Would you do that right? You don't be afraid. <laughs> so the Lord is saying to us today, fear not, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Man, we already knew that, but we need to hear it again. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I, my, I, was, I was hanging out with my dad, you know, when I was hanging out with my dad growing up, but there were times that I needed to have him take me by the side and say, you don't have to fear, I'm with you right now. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. Look at verse 5 there. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I'm going, to, I'm going to say to the north, Give them up. And to the south, Don't hold back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. He's saying this to Babylon right now. I want, to, I want you to come back to Jerusalem where you belong. I want you to come back home from the north, south, east, and west. Now, years, many years ago, we kind of took this scripture and kind of, you know, might not have been as true to scripture as we could have been, but we started praying in souls from the north, south, east, and west, and we would stand in church and say, north, give it up, south, hold not back, east, bring them in, west, bring them in, we want everyone that belongs to God to come to God, and I'll tell you what, even if that was slightly in error as far as he was talking about the Jews here, but if that was slightly, it's still the people of God, and I'd have. I'd rather have someone pray you know that close to it we were just our hearts was all over the world God's spirit is moving and we want people to come in from the north south east and west and he was saying this to all of those in Babylon I want there to be a gathering in and a coming back to to Jerusalem coming back to Judah coming back to the holy, holy place of Israel so Watch this. Jews from all over the world right now are returning to Israel. It's been going on since 1950. It's called the Law of Return in Israeli law. It started on July 5th, 1950. It gives Jews the right to return to Israel and become citizens, and they can come from all over the place But they're coming from the north, south, east, and west all over the world coming back to Jerusalem and claiming their citizenship. And it's called again the law of return. God wants his people to return to him wherever they're at. And I want to just say here this morning, if you're in Babylon today, if you're in a spiritual Babylon today, God is saying the same thing to you. He wants you to come back to him from the north, south, east, and west to be redeemed again in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say aloud, "Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah." So, man, this is so good, Hallelujah, praise God. Why is it good? Because it's the Word. I'm just reporting. <laughs> so, so I'm going to bring you back. Then look at verse 11. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no savior. I, even. I am the Lord and apart from me there is no savior. I have revealed, I've saved, I've proclaimed and and I and not some other foreign God among you. Notice it says it was small God. I and not some other foreign God among you I'm the one who saved you. You're my witnesses. In other words, all the things that I did all along the way, your deliverance from Egypt, all the way that I provided for you in the desert, all the way through history that i provided, you are my witnesses that I am the one true God. So don't serve any other kind of God. See, as I, even the Lord, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Let me just say it again. There is no name given among men whereby we must be saved, but it's through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. There are not many ways to God. There is one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm a way. If it was a way, he would have told us it was a way. You know, anybody else can get you there, whether it be a Hinduism or a Buddhist or a you know, a Maharishi, yogi, or whatever it is. He'd say, any of these others can get you. No, no, he didn't say that. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And I've got good news for you this morning. You have followed the way, the truth, and the life. Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. Amen, hallelujah. There, Man, I'm feeling this right now in the spirit, in the unction here, but there is a mixing up of Christianity with everything else today in the day that we live in. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but it's not going to get you to heaven. It's going to send you to hell. I'm talking about a mix with something. God is not shared with any other small God. He's King of kings and Lord of lords, and stand on that and believe it. And don't let the world pull you into its vortex of just believing this universalism or, oh, everything's just, oh, it's all okay. No, it isn't okay. That's, there is no other religious leader that gave and shed his blood on a cross for you. And there's no other religious leader, and you can track them all, they're all dead and they're in a box. But I'm just saying Jesus is alive, he's glorified, and he rose from the, from the grave. Hallelujah. And I just want to suggest to you today that if you believe in any other religious leader, follow somebody who can get out of the box. Can I get a witness? Amen. Because Jesus got out of the box, because Jesus rose again, you're going to rise again as well because of his power. He's the, fruit, he's the first fruits of many who will rise again. Hallelujah. All right. So he's again talking to these, all those that are stuck in Babylon. And so... Uh, he's, a, he's, he's trying to show that he is God. Now look at verse 13. Yes, and from the ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? In other words, no one can deliver them out of my hand. In other words, you, you are secure in Jesus Christ. I used to think years ago, you know, uh, there were some churches that taught about eternal security and we kind of as Armenians uh, and, and uh, some of you would have a Calvinist thing Going on, which would mean you know it's it's uh, uh you know the once saved always saved in other words and 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 the, what I'm looking for is is uh, the word that I'm looking for and I'll think of it uh, predestination that you're predestined in other words so you don't have any control over any of this all the free will kind of goes out so in other words you could be saved but then your salvation could be taken away and you'd grow up a little bit with instead of eternal security you would uh, grow up with a little bit in eternal insecurity so you'd go to bed at night wondering, oh, my goodness. Even as a boy of eight, you know, I kind of, I ate a snicker bar that wasn't mine. Lord, please forgive me. Help me, Lord God. I'm so sorry. And if I die what before I wake, Lord, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I pray that I won't lose my salvation. It's a little bit more complex than that, everybody. I just want you to know. It is, I remember praying about this. And by the way, in theology, it's not either or. It, it, for those of you that study theology, it, you know, in truths, it's not either or, but it's a little bit of both and. Both sides have a have a uh, have merit. I'm talking about there's truths on both sides that you just need to pay attention to both sides, um, uh, and that's a whole other sermon. But it's, it's in theology, it's a common phrase. It's not either or, but it's both and. Um, what I'm trying to say. What am I trying to hear, say here this morning? <laughs> Oh, the predestination, we'd have eternal insecurity. But I want to just say this, that you are secure in Jesus Christ. I was praying about this years ago, and the Holy Spirit showed me, and he said this, how much do you love your own family? Let me ask you how much you love your own family, and how much, even if your kid botched it up, how hard does he have to work to get out of your own family? Pretty hard, right? How hard does he have to be that he's no longer a member of your family? The Holy Spirit showed me this, that it's harder for you to get out of God's family than it is to get out of your own family. Put that together. As much as you you love your own children, God says this, I love you even more than you love your own children. So just kind of factor that in as far as your own security as a believer. Can I get a witness here this morning? And so, well, some people go, Pastor, I just don't want to believe it. Well, then don't believe it. But I want you to say, but you're going to be miserable in your life as well. I'm talking about God says this. He says, no one can drive them or deliver them out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? And Jesus said, who can pluck them out of my hand? I'm just saying, as a Pentecostal, I'm 60 <laughs> years old. It's Five, I am 65 for two more days. and uh, And I don't even know how this happened to me, but I'm just telling you this. I have only grown in knowing who I am in Christ and that I, I'm secure in Him. Can I get a witness here this morning, amen? I just want you to know, you don't have to live all the time wondering like, am I in, am I out? Am I in and I'm out? No, no, you're a child of God. Well, you make mistakes, yes, you do. But you confess your sin quickly and you get up and you keep on walking. And God who's begun a good work in you is gonna see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Anyway, okay, hope that helps somebody here. All right, here we go. Now, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send, he goes this, watch this now. Here's what's gonna happen. He's talking to these that are in Babylon. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. So he says this, He says, I'm going to destroy the ships of the Babylon. We're going to bring Babylon down, and it's going to fall. This Babylon that you've been stuck in for 70 years, it's going to fall. And believe me, it fell. It fell in 539 B.C. Babylon came crashing to the ground, and all that's left now is ruins. And he says this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your king. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord says. Look at verse 16. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's saying this. He's not talking about the Babylonians now. He's talking about Israel, who he delivered. Do you remember the crossing of the Red Sea, everybody? And the crossing of the Red Sea, where they got across, and then Israel—pardon Egypt was right behind them in their chariots, and then God knocks the wheels off the chariots, swallows up the horses and men, and, 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 and destroys them. He says the same thing that happened on the Red Sea Crossing is going to happen to the Babylonians right now. They're also, their time has come, their proud ships are going to go down, and they're going to be snuffed out as a society because I'm delivering my people from that Babylon. And I want to just say here this morning, whatever hold the devil might have on you, God will deliver you as well. Can I get a witness, amen? He says, I'll snuff out the enemy on your behalf. And so, look at verse 18, then he says this. Forget the former things, neither consider the old. Uh, for, forget the former things. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. He says, I'm gonna do a new thing, hallelujah. And Here's what he's saying right here, everybody. He's saying this, and you just need to check it out because you'll find out that it's true. He says, whatever has happened in the past all of the great things that you've seen in the past, all of the uh, great exploits that you've seen by God in the past, they're going to pale into comparison to what I'm going to do in the future. Woo! So I'm talking about the 10 plagues, the delivering from Egypt, feeding with man and all of that. He says, all these great things that I've done in the past, they're going to pale in comparison to what the future holds for you is even gonna be better. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you a question here this morning. How many of you say God's done some pretty good things for me in the past, Amen. God's brought me this far because here I sit and God's been faithful in my life. God's really helped me in the past, but God says this, forget about the past. Don't look back. He says, I've got something new for you and it's gonna be even greater than anything you've had happen to you in the past. If you receive that, give me a loud amen, amen? Amen. Hallelujah, praise God. Woo, all right, now, let me just take an aside right here because he says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. Say it with me this morning, don't dwell on the past. Hallelujah. How many of you know it's really hard to drive if you're looking in the rearview mirror? And how many of you know if you just, how many of you know if you take your car and try to back up all the way to Placerville, it's gonna be a tough trip? You know what I'm saying? If you just drive in reverse, and pretty soon somebody's gonna stop you and say, don't do that. You know, you might even be in the right lane and driving in reverse, but reverse is not the direction that you want to go. All right, so don't live your life there so let me just give you just a couple examples of don't look back all right first of all uh, i i just w- thought about this just the other day the shortest verse in the bible is what jesus wept the second shortest verse in the bible is this one found in luke 17:32 remember lot's wife Remember Lot's wife is the shortest verse. And why they said remember Lot's wife. Why do we want to remember Lot's wife? Because she looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah while God had pronounced judgment on those wicked cities. They were being destroyed by fire and brimstone coming down and burning those cities. And God said, get out of there. Don't even look back to Sodom and Gomorrah. But she turned and looked back. And the minute she turned and looked back, she became a pillar of salt. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis, Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. I remember seeing this in Sunday school class, y'all, and I, I, as a little child, they would put it up on the flannel board. We had flannel boards back then, and you'd see Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. Man, that etched into my thinking. Like, man, I don't want that to happen to me. I guess I'm gonna keep looking for God. I'm not gonna look back. But she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Why? Because she identified with Sodom and Gomorrah. Her heart was still set towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Her affections were set what was in the past. And so let me just say this. Looking back to Babylon, your past, your old life will stop you in your tracks and make you miss your future. Instead, look forward. Don't look back, look forward. Can I hit a witness here this morning, amen? So don't stop. You'll be stopped in your tracks if you just look back. So that was that was um, uh, Lot's wife. But think about the Israelites. Remember the Israelites, they were delivered by God from Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land, and they get to the book of Numbers and they go, like, okay, wow, the promised land, here it is. We've been stuck in Israel for I uh, stuck in Egypt for like 420 years, something like that. God delivered us out, and and and, and we're prating over there, and then we sent the spies into the land, and they the spies come back with a bad report. They say, Man, the land's a good land. Look at the fruit of the land, but it has giants in the land, and it has fortified cities that will need to be conquered, cities like Jericho, and all of a sudden the people got afraid. And they said, man, I didn't realize we'd have to fight giants. I didn't realize we'd have to take down big cities. And they said to each other in, the, in Numbers, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. It, that's what they said. You'll see it there on the, on, on the screen. We should go back. We should choose a leader and go right back to Egypt. How many you know that what I'm saying is true? But because they went back to Egypt... Uh, because they went back, they, they, they wanted to go back to Egypt, God says this, no, you're not going to go to Egypt, but you are going to go to the wilderness for 40 years until this unbelieving generation dies away and the children will march into the promised land, but not you unbelievers. So he, in other words, they looked back and they lost 40 years and they lost their lives. How many of you say this morning, Pastor, I'm going to look ahead and not look back. Can I get a to say amen? And in fact, Dr. Tony Evans says it this way, as long as you are too attached to your past, you negate what God wants to do in your future. Learn from yesterday, but don't live in yesterday. All right? How many of you have learned some uh, lessons in yesterday, but you don't want to live in yesterday anymore? So as long as you stay attached to your past, you negate what God wants to do in your future. So that was Israel and Lot's wife. Do you know what the Apostle Paul says about looking back? Let me tell you what he says. He says, forget about it. Forget about it. I don't know what, what TV show that's from, but they had one that goes, forget about it. Something like that. And and that's what Paul says, everyone say it with me this morning. Forget about it. And you said, Pastor, give me some scripture. I don't want your little line there. Give me some scripture. Paul said this, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, in other words, I haven't arrived. How many of you say past how many of you say, Pastor, I'm on my way in this journey, but I haven't arrived? How many say I haven't arrived yet, but I'm on my way? He says, that's what Paul was saying. I don't count myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, what? Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. So, folks, today. We've got to forget about the past, and we've got to press forward and towards the goal of the high calling of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you what, it's going to take some pressing, everybody. Man, we live in a world right now where it's just not an idyllic world. Have you noticed? I mean, honestly, we've gone through wars, we've gone through change, we've gone through social changes, all those things. But man, I'll tell you what, the last you know, couple of years have been tough years to go. So much so that it only happens about every 100 years so far in history that you get hit with a bad pandemic. We're the first people in this generation that have ever lived through a pandemic. The, un- the, the pandemic is not unprecedented, but us living through it is unprecedented. We've never gone through anything like this, and I can only think that the reason why you're living through this pandemic is God must have thought you were up to it. That was, <laughs> I have a Jewish friend in, in Israel, and, uh, you know, that has done a lot of tours and things like that, and I, I always say to him, man, you're Jewish, you're the chosen one, and he said to me, he says, I wish God would have chose someone else, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I said, you're the chosen one, he said, I wish you'd have chose someone else, and and but now, when you look back at it and look through history and look through the Holocaust and everything, you can understand that his words were not empty. words. he was going like, "It's been a hard run being a chosen one," and and but God is with us, nevertheless. Can I get a witness? Amen. So um, so then, now let's get right back to Isaiah forty three eighteen. How many of you will let me finish this message just for uh, ten more minutes? I'll be done. Can you do that? Are you with? Now well, that was kind of indecisive, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's get back to the ranch at Isaiah 43. We already know the dangers of looking back. Forget about the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So God, say it with me, God's doing a new thing. And he says, do you not perceive it? Which means it asks the questions. uh, We need to be more perceptive about the things of God. I want you to be more spiritually minded, everybody. And somebody says, you know, if you're you know, so spiritually minded, you might not be earthly good. Right now, we're so earthly good, we're not spiritually. Well, you know, I mean, we're the opposite side. We need to go the other way. Say to God when you pray, God, what are we going through right now? What does it require of me? And God's going to lead us through this whole thing that we're on right now. Now, this is where we stop <clears throat> on verse 19. And we pray the prayer of benediction. And this is a praise God, welcome, happy 2022. And uh, praise God, we're going to go forward. And that's enough. I mean, praise the Lord. That's good. We stop right there. But it, the, the chapter's not quite finished up yet here. Now look at verse 20. Right after that, it says, the, the wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provided water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. In other words, look at it this way. God says this, the, 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 wild, the, 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 the owls, the wild animals and the jackals and the owls, they honor me an owl, a jackal is a dog, it's just a wild dog out there that run in packs, and and, then, and, and animals, they honor me because I provide water to my people. They're the benefactor of the, of the goodness of God to his people, and they honor God for the goodness of God to his people. In other words, God is watering his people, but they're going to like, guess what? We get the benefit, so we're going to honor God. He's saying the animals honor God, but the people don't honor God. He says, he says I, I, I give water to them, the people who I form for myself, that they may proclaim your praise. Everybody, I want you to just think about what a gift it is to have water. Yes. Thank you, Lord God, because if you didn't have water for three or four hours today, you'd be going like, what am I going to do without water? And yet we take it for granted. And the animals, he says, the animals, the jackals, the dogs, and the owls, they praise God, but my own people aren't even praising me for what I provided them for, with them. And it, this is a little closer to home this morning because I had a leak in my roof uh, right before church. And, 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 and it's coming from a water line that's up in the attic. And so I've got to solve that this afternoon or tomorrow and get it fixed. But I, before I went to church this morning, I turned off the water, and, and just to make sure that you know I don't get more showers of blessing. It just uh, you know, and and so we'll get that fixed. But what I'm saying is now with an absence of water, within 10 minutes, I know that I have an absence of water. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many of you like cool, clear water? How many like I mean i don 't even know what i 'm doing with this illustration right now, but I can just tell you what Water was a pretty good invention by God, that in food. Hallelujah. I saw some of the cartoon just the other day. Barb showed me one here this morning. Uh, she showed me uh, uh, a man that was uh, you know uh, very uh, heavy, and he was at the doctor, standing on the scale and the doctor was saying to him, it's not water retention, I think it's food retention you've got going on there. Anyway. <laughs> come on, everyone, that's funny, come on. <laughs> you got food retention going on there. Um, he says, I do that. Now watch, though, there's a turn here because he's talking about how the animals honor me, but even the people that I gave water to, they, you know I gave it to them so that they'd proclaim my praise. He says, "I, I, I, I." He, he says, he, "He says, I give drink to my people, my chosen, that they might proclaim my praise." I've never done this in twenty years of ministry, but I want to give the Lord a good hand for water this morning. Would you do that right now, Amen? All right, something we almost take for granted. Hallelujah! And that was scriptural, by the way. Why? He says, "I gave it to them said so that they may proclaim my praise. Praise God." Hallelujah, but watch this, there's a turn, look at verse 22, yet you have not called on me, Jacob, in other words, and you have not wearied yourself for me, Israel, and Jacob and Israel, again, are interchangeable, same thing, you've not called on me, Israel, you have not wearied yourself for me, Israel, in other words, Jacob and Israel go together, he says, okay, he says this, but you have have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses, so he says this, you haven't wearied yourselves for me, but you've burdened me and wearied, we, uh, and wearied me with your offenses. And so I, I go like, wow, and with how God feels right here, all the, all that he's done, all the good, and then we dismiss him to the side, and we call him just another God, or we don't even thank him for all that he provides us for, and he says, you have not wearied yourselves for me, Israel. In other words, you haven't really wearied yourselves for me. In other words, you haven't really hungered for me. You haven't really gone out of your way to come to me, but I've gone out of my way to come to you. All I get from you is you've burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. Now, if this shoe fits, wear it, but I mean, I'm not trying to give you any condemnation here this morning, but how many of you that God could possibly be right on this? He says this, you know, you need me and I bless you with so many ways but you haven't wearied yourself to get to me. You don't have any discipline that brings you to me but I'm always trying to get to you and you've burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. And yet God says this, here's who I am. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own name's sake and remembers your sins no more. And this is one of the greatest scriptures of grace in the Bible. He says this, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own name's sake, just because I want to do it, for my name's sake, and remembers your sins no more. This is one of the highest displays of grace in the Bible because God blotted out your sins and mines with the blood of his only son, Jesus Christ. In other words, that's how it happened. He blotted out our sins with his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that should just make us want to shout, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Rethink this thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. I'm almost finished speaking this morning. I've only got one page of notes left. <laughs> <laughs> How is that it's real it's real it's like they said to paul you know paul said i have so much more to share but you cannot bear it <laughs> i mean he had a guy fall over and fell out of the house while he was preaching they had to raise him back from the dead you know that about paul right that happened in his ministry he was preaching along and the guy fell out at the window just was too tired But that was after hours and hours, I'm sure. It wasn't, you know, us in our modern society, our ADA, whatever, ADH, whatever, uh, attention deficit. But (laughs) I was uh, at, we were at at the church that I grew up in as a little kid. And uh, one Sunday, the pastor was preaching away on a sunny Sunday afternoon. And air conditioning, I don't think there was much air conditioning back in those days. That was a real thing if you had air conditioning in the church so it was just up in North Dakota and so anyway the pastor was preaching away and all of a sudden he had a pause in the sermon you know it was towards getting towards the noon hour and then a little girl goes let's go to Tasty Freeze you know that's what she said they didn't have Dairy Queen at that time it was Tasty Freeze but anyway she said let's get an ice cream cone dad and everybody laughed anyway you gotta love it right okay we're almost done now I said we're gonna go through Isaiah 43 but uh uh, I've got five verses out of Isaiah 44 that's gonna wrap it up and I didn't tell you that I'd be in 44 because I didn't think you'd follow me that far. So we're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're gonna finish it this morning. <laughs> Isaiah 44, everyone, says this. Now watch this. But now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I've chosen. Hear God's speaking to us again. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, he who formed you in the womb and who will help you God's the one that created us and God's the one that's going to care for us yeah. he says don't be afraid Jacob my servant in other words don't be afraid he's talking to you don't be afraid Israel my servant Jerashun um, uh, whom I've chosen and Jerashun uh, uh, pardon me Jerashun Jerashun you go like okay I'm running into a name I've never heard this in the Bible but is the, what the uh, is a nickname that God gave to Israel and God loves you so much he'll give you a nickname Uh, In other words... Uh, it's, uh, the theologians will tell you that this is just an, uh, a, they actually call it a nickname. But it's a nickname, jeshurun It's a poetic name for Israel, meaning upright, just, or straight, whom I've chosen. So God is even speaking things over them that they aren't even realizing in their lives yet. But he said, man, I love you so much. And then he calls them, you know, uh, do not be afraid, Jacob, or don't be afraid, Israel, my servant. And then he says, "Jeshurun," And he's, he's saying, you, you are you who are just and straight and, 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 and upright. And you, you who I've chosen, don't be afraid. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. And then verse 3 says this, I'm going to pour water on the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground. I'm going to pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Hallelujah. They're going to spring up like grass in meadow, like poplar trees and flowing streams. He's not only talking to us, he's talking to our grandkids and their grandkids. And he says, man, I'm going to I'm going to pour out water on them and my spirit on your offspring and blessing on your descendants. They're going to spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing trees by flowing streams and some will say now they're, they're talking about the people that are being blessed some will say I belong to the Lord others will call themselves by the name of Jacob remember that means Israel still others will write on their hand the Lord's and will take the name Israel in other words they're going to say we're going to have the name of the Lord over us right now in the name of Jesus and he says and I love this he says some will even write on their hand the Lord's I'm the Lord's now just so you know uh, tattooing has become a big thing in the world today but when I was a kid tattooing had kind of gone away the only people that I ever saw with a tattoo were uh, sailors uh, that usually have tattoos sometimes when you'd cross the equator as a sailor you'd get a go into the next port and got a tattoo that proved that you crossed the equator but, or some, it would have to do with a location or some kind of a thing. You'd come back with a, a, not a very cool looking tattoo. You know, some, back then they didn't have the technology we have today. And then it went away for quite a way, quite a while. And I'll just standing before you as a pastor right now, I can just tell you my canvas is clear. My, my skin is my canvas, and they call it your canvas, you know. And, and so my canvas is clear but lots of you have tattoos here this morning and I was just going to suggest and by the way we used to think it was an Old Testament thing because there's something in the Old Testament about uh, writing tattoos but we live in the New Covenant now thank God we live in a New Covenant right now and even God says this I have kept your tears in a bottle. And he says, I've even tattooed your needs on the palm of my hand. I've engraven your needs on the palm of my hand. Another sermon, look it up. It's in the Bible, it's right there. And and so I was just going to say that uh, if you were going to add a tattoo to your canvas, the Lord's would be a pretty good one. Amen? In other words, he said, In other words, the Lord's. Who does this person belong to? I'm the Lord's. Can I get a witness, amen? Come on, you people with tattoos. Give me, give me a break. <laughs> All the tattooed people, I gave you a lot of love this morning. I want a better hand than that. Give, me a, give the Lord a better hand. <laughs> and you'll find that everything that I said is in Scripture, everyone. Don't go, like, man, I hadn't heard that before. You look it up, you'll find it. I'll show it to you if you can't. You, I'll show it to you. Um, but he said, some are going to say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still, others will write on their hand the Lord's and will take the name Israel. So, uh, you know, on your body where you have mom here, you know, at least up here have the Lord's, you know, I belong to the Lord, lest there be any question. So let's end it where we began this morning. Man, y'all have just been awesome to listen to. Uh, share with this morning remember not the former things nor consider the things of old God's done a lot but it's nothing compared to what he's going to do behold I'm going to do a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it I will even make a way in the wilderness and I'm going to give you rivers in the desert as God has done it for Israel when they're leaving Egypt and Israel as they were leaving Babylon God is going to Be with us as we leave our own Babylon, this kind of captivity that we're in right now that I'll call COVID. God is still gonna take us out of this into a new day and a better day. Forget what you've seen. God has great things ahead. I'm gonna do a brand new thing. And if you receive the word of the Lord today, give the Lord a great (laughs) praise. Would you do that, amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Stand with me right now uh, and I wanna just pray a prayer of blessing over you right now and and a prayer of recharge as well. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Um, Our theme for 2022 is a future and a hope. And um, so you'll see those banners up there and they'll be up there uh, through the course of the year, you know. And we also have a, a little magnetic card uh, that you can um, take home with you today too. A lot of you got these last week already just in case we missed you last week. They're at the information desk waiting for you. If you'd like to take the card, put it up on your refrigerator. I put one up in my refrigerator and one my on my uh, water heater. And uh, But then also uh, at home, if, uh, if you'd say, man, I'd like to get one of those too, just uh, send an email to information at goharvest.org and we'll be glad to send you uh, a card of your own. We'll put it in the mail to you this week, all right? So we love you so much. Hallelujah. Let me pray a prayer blessing over you right now. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you right now for your word that just encourages us today. And God, I just pray right now, the word that we've heard and has been sown in our heart, there's been a lot of word this morning, but it's, uh, this, by the way, everyone is called expositional, or expository preaching where you take a chapter and you mine the truth out of it. And to prove that it works, um, I'll just challenge you to uh, read Isaiah 43 on your own again today or this week, and you'll be so surprised at how much you remember of the message today. It'll just come pounding back on you, and it'll just be even better than I shared it. And so that's the power of the word uh, in expository preaching. So we unpack the word today. Uh, I don't make any apologies for that. It was a word sermon Uh, but Lord I thank you that your word has so much power and encouraged us so greatly today and even gave us deeper knowledge than we had God I just pray Lord God right now that we'd help uh, that you'd help each person right here uh, to have hope in you for uh, the future that is bright and you're the one that told us to not look back but to look ahead so Lord this morning I just pray that we wouldn't be people who just mourn the past or lament the past but Lord that we would Look forward to the future and the promises of God and that the future that you said, God, is even to be incomparable to everything I've done in the past. It's even going to be greater. Lord, I just rest on that and I believe that in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. So we pray for an outpouring of the Spirit in our lives, an outpouring of the Spirit in our community and in our nation, Lord God. And also, Lord God, that you'll let this COVID be eradicated in the name of Jesus too taken off our nation, taken off our world, Lord, that the season of this plague will be over, and, and it will be, we'll be clear of it in the name of Jesus. We just pray that. Thank you, Lord God, and we just give you praise right now in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, now I also want to uh, add it to this blessing. I want to just ask you just to lift your hands up to the Lord for just a moment, because I want to pray a prayer which I'm going to call a recharge prayer. We live in a society right now that understands well that you know uh, electric things need to be recharged we have phones that need to be recharged batteries that need to be replaced and um and then cars right now the new uh, the new reality is all going to be cars and things like this in the next five or ten years most things will be running off batteries that'll all have to be recharged now they do that with physical electricity but god recharges you with another kind of power, and it's called the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, things need to be charged up, but you need to be charged up. And we're living right now in a wave of um, discouragement and a wave of weariness that's over our lives and over, it's just there because of everything that we're going through. It has to do with uncertainty. And I'll talk about this down the line. It has to do with mental illness, all kinds of things right now that people are under stress right now. But God, in the midst of this, he says, those who hope in the Lord, we're talking about a future and hope. Those who hope, who hope on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, will renew their strength. They'll be renewed. And he says, they'll run and not be weary, they'll walk and not faint. Everyone, hallelujah. If you wait on the Lord, he says, man, I'm gonna, ins- I'm gonna just give you power from the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna renew your strength. So, God, I thank you right now that you're renewing us, Lord, as we wait on you and as we hope in you. God, I pray that for every person in this place right now. God, as much as our phone needs a recharge, as much as my car needs a recharge, Lord God, if you say that, Lord, my heart needs a recharge. My soul needs a recharge by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. I don't need electricity, but I need the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. So touch your people today and let them be restored and renewed, revived by you. And I just prayed in the name of Jesus. So today, everyone, all, about, all my friends in this room right now and online right now, man, we're on the journey together. And it, it sometimes just is really wacky out there. But God is with us and he has a better future. Don't look back. Don't mourn the past. Look forward to the future. I bless you in the name of the Lord. God is with you. And if God before you and with you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. Nothing will separate you from God's love. And I give you... I just pray a blessing right now over you that God's favor, His face will shine on you and He'll provide for you and also protect you. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that receives that, recharge kind of a blessing. Give the Lord a great hand clap. Would you do that right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Love you so much. Man, I had a great day in church today. I just loved it. Thank you so much. And you have a great day as well. Live it out this week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.